Hi everyone, this is Olga Mack, working from home, still working from home, building the future of contracts. And today I'm with my friend, Brian. Brian, introduce yourself. Thank you so much, Olga. Um, my name is Breen Sullivan, and I am the founder of an organization called The Fourth Floor. The Fourth Floor is an innovative new type of community for women. It is a community, a membership community, and it's also an ecosystem where women are the primary participants and beneficiaries in what is essentially a marketplace for the under-the-radar board and investment opportunities with startups. So we are leveraging the power of community and also a digital platform, which actually we have a new digital platform launching January 26th. <clears throat> We're very excited about that um, to, in order to democratize access to these under the radar board and investment opportunities. And we're doing this as a way to create wealth and drive systemic change. So that is the fourth floor. You talk about community in your introduction, of course, it's a big term. And it's to some extent a term that a lot of folks use and mean different things. Right. What does it mean to you? Right. Well, thank you for asking that. Um, clearly, I spend a lot of time thinking about community as the founder of one. Um, so community, at its very root, I think collaboration is essential. You cannot separate the concept of collaboration from community. I think that is what it's all about. And given COVID and, and everything that, that we've witnessed in this period, you know, post-COVID, that has affected community and how community, the construct, you know, how we define it, how we think about it, and then, and then how that's affected uh, this new trend towards increased collaboration is just really inspiring and I think, you know, powerful and interesting. So something I, you know, really wanted to talk about. Um, I, I, I guess just to start with, uh, you know, the, there's a, a few notable points. I think one, post-COVID immediately, clearly there was this shift to a digital landscape, you know, community being able to, being accessible and being able to function via a digital platform or a digital landscape over Zoom. This is not something that you know was common before, and so you know there there there's some huge silver linings there. You know, it's it can in some ways really democratize communities, make them more accessible, um, meaning collaboration opportunities to collaborate are more accessible. So I think it's happening more. There is just simply a rise in digital communities. So the fourth floor is one of them, but you know there are others. I think that's really, really interesting. Um, I also think immediately following COVID, you know, you have a crisis, just global crisis that's slow moving, but also, you know, um, you know, vast in its effect and communities react. And, and one very powerful reaction we've seen was just this sense of a rising tide raises all ships. So let's reach out and grab onto each other communities that maybe, you know, a year ago would be more inclined to see each other as competitors, you know, they're collaborating. So not only are, are communities themselves all about collaboration, but communities overall, post-COVID, reaching out and actively collaborating with each other to try and in the aggregate, you know, lift each other up and have a bigger effect. So that's, you know, that, that would be another thing that we've seen um, that I think is really interesting. And, um, and then, you know, it, within our community, the, the members that are part of our community, 
we've seen uh, a lot of um, increase in, in collaboration in this post-COVID landscape where, where especially with entrepreneurs, where you know, they might be struggling more now than they were before. Uh, and, and so I think that there's also some very interesting examples there. So you talk a lot about collaboration, actually kind of maybe even a new flavor of collaboration. Let's maybe step, take a step back and talk about collaboration versus maybe old models of competition. Because in the past, competition has been encouraged. And the theory has been that let the best men, maybe women, <laughs> win. <laughs> Um, and now in this uh, post-pandemic or pandemic world, we're talking about collaboration as opposed to competition. Um, tell me the trends you're seeing and, you know, and experiences you have at Forceport of collaboration versus competition, the old world versus the new world. <clears throat> right. Okay. So I think, I, you know, I, I love that. And I think... Um, you know, right out of the gate, just to kind of frame this, I think the idea that being ruthlessly competitive as opposed to being collaborative, you know, that that is the better way to approach one's peers. I, you know, I think that arguably that that's a hallmark of, you know, male culture. And, you know, uh, the fourth floor, we're, we're primarily, we're very focused on kind of shifting this balance of power in the boardroom and the C-suites, you know, like getting more women on boards. Right now today, I think it's, it's only slightly more than 7% of private company board seats are held by women. So, you know, we're really talking about, you know, predominantly traditionally male norms are, are really what's, you know, what is, is, is running the, the show inside corporate America. And, you know, research, like I, there, there's been a lot of research that suggests that men as a whole tend to be less collaborative than women. So, you know, instead it, they're employing more aggressive strategies, whereas women are socialized to be more collaborative. So I think like, like one trend, right? Like as we see a shift, as women are, are stepping up and, and, private company board seats are becoming more diverse from a gender perspective as our C-suites, you know, as our governments, right? Hopefully, like as we see that shift, then we will see, you know, more collaborative strategies employed because women are simply socialized to be more collaborative. So, you know, now I know that's kind of a slow moving shift, you know, in this immediate post-COVID aftermath to go back to the founders, you know, that example, I think th th there's some um, interesting stuff there because when founders, you know, these, these women are already very creative, right? They're scrappy, you know, they're, they're founders, they're risk takers. They, they are looking at each other and seeing each other, not necessarily as, you know, this competitor zero sum game, but rather as a collaborator, a partner to help capture a bigger pie. So like, for instance, there are two founders that jumped to mind in the fashion tech space where, you know, they both had uh, arguably competitive approaches and technologies, like go to market for um, uh, technologies that help uh, find clothing that fits a woman's body better and, you know, with more specificity, but instead of viewing each other as competitors, they saw ways that they could really complement, like by combining, they could tackle a, a much bigger uh, market and they could, in the end, creatively 
make that overall pie larger so that not only is, you know, are they, are they, you know, supporting each other and, you know, it's a lot of times two heads are better than one, but there's actually just a larger prize for them to go after. And I think, I think part of that is, um, you know, there's a lot of things that have gone into that. You know, one is just, it's harder post COVID especially in certain industries. So, you know, people are, are more inclined to take a risk or to reach out or to ask for help. And this is very true of women, right, who can ask for directions and, you know, can ask for help a little easier, I think. Um, so, you know, there's that, right? And, and then there's, you know, innovations in the air. I mean, when there is a massive crisis, one of the upsides is the opportunity to rebuild and to innovate and to rethink in its aftermath. So I think that's there too. And, and then, you know, get everything I, I just said earlier on in this conversation about the rise of digital communities and just community and opportunities to collaborate being more accessible. So because of that too, you know, that's also a factor that leads to, you know, this type of enlarging the pie activity that, that we might see with entrepreneurs. And, you know, certainly in our ecosystem, you know, we are not just entrepreneurs, we are two, the two groups, we have entrepreneurs and we also have leaders, women leaders who are at various points in, in their career across industry who are looking to initiate and advance a board career, but they are also collaborating. They are also seeing the power of, you know, coming together to tackle challenges that are larger than any individual person. And, and so, you know, so now I feel like I'm, I'm taking this, uh, taking this all the way, but, um, but I, you know, I, I do find that very inspiring. I mean, I think, I think that, that that type of collaboration over competition could be a key to, you know, ultimately a more equitable and a more lucrative world. You mentioned a couple of benefits of collaboration, a bigger pie and actually solving longstanding problems that we actually known to be the problems, but haven't really had an opportunity to solve them in the past. Um, are there any other benefits to collaboration and, and, and who the beneficiaries are of collaboration? So Bryn, you talk a lot about the benefits of collaboration. One of the things that you identified is a bigger pie. What are the other benefits of collaboration? Um, great question. I, I think what, some of the other benefits would be more effective uh, outcomes and problem solving and value creation. So for instance, uh, a couple of, of great data points, I think to look to um, on this topic, one would be in Iceland in 2008, following the economic crisis, actually there, the parliament at that time, over 43% of the seats were held by women and they led a very impressive socioeconomic recovery following you know, that crisis. And, and, and there's been articles written about that and about how you know, the more collaborative tactics they employed had a lot to do with that success. Uh, I think another great example, especially coming back to, you know, immediately today, post-COVID, I'm sure many of your viewers are, are familiar with the, you know, the memes that I think lots of us saw, you know, immediately following, um, you know, in the immediate aftermath, early months of COVID, but the countries with women <laughs> leaders had a lot of success when it came to, you know, handling and reacting to that crisis. And they were, you know, they were very effective um, running the show there. Um, 
I also, I also think that, let's see, other benefits to, to collaboration. I mean, I, I, I guess I feel like there is, this is a little pie in the sky, a little, uh, you know, a little dreamy, but I, I do think that, that by leveraging collaboration, you know, through collaboration, there is this chance to collectively recognize value in something that was not acknowledged before. And, and by doing that, by, you know, collectively now declaring something does have value, I think that's a way to, to really change the goalposts and, and redefine success in a way that is much more inclusive and that ultimately can enlarge the pie for everyone. So, you know, I, I guess like to, to, to bring this to, to a practical um, example or anecdote, I, I, again, I would come back to what we're doing at the fourth floor. It really is exactly that. You know, we see value in these under the radar board and investment opportunities at startups that are founded by women. And when we collectively recognize that value, you know, what it means to each of us individually, this is a way to create wealth that didn't exist before, then what that means is that we're creating a marketplace, a marketplace for a lot of mutual benefit. And, and that is good for everyone. You know, that just enlarges the pie. So, you know, I, I, think, I think that power of being able to redefine and, you know, change the goalposts, change success, that could, you know, best case, it's, it's a flashpoint, you know, it's an inflection point that, that can lead to real change. And, you know, on a, on a quasi-related note, another um, very specific example of collaboration that gets me excited is um, this uh, summit that I participated in, Fourth Floor participated in in September. It was put on by Women in Worth, which is part of Worth Media. And it was really a very powerful, uh, a very powerful summit that took place over three days and brought together leaders across so many different industries and sectors, public, private, government, and, and all of them were brought together for this common purpose of trying to, 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 to find, to, to build a more equitable world through, through addressing some of these imbalances, you know, with a focus on gender imbalance with power, you know, how that's sort of a necessary precursor for all of this other change we need to affect as a society to, you know, to meet the sustainable development goals, for instance, you know, that this is in all of our best interests for this world to, you know, to really repair itself and then, you know, outperform. You, you mentioned a couple of things. One of them is sort of relationship between collaboration and innovation. And I find this very intriguing and give a few examples, uh, but I actually would like to talk to you um, a little bit more directly how those two concepts of innovation and collaboration uh, fit together. How can more collaboration lead to more innovation? And maybe how could it lead to more innovation, say, in your community in the fourth floor, for example? I think a lot of that comes down to vulnerability and trust. Because in order to, in order to innovate, you need to trust the people that are around you, that you need to trust your, you know, thought partners, you have to be able to make yourself vulnerable. And you can't do that without trust. And I think I think an effective community, a community that's really working for its participants, members can be vulnerable, it's a safe space. And there's trust 
that enables that. And so that is fertile ground for innovation because, you know, if you're bringing together differentiated networks of people, people who would not otherwise meet in their daily life necessarily. So they have slightly different perspectives on a common data point or a common problem that you're trying to solve. You bring them together. They're in a safe space. They're free to, you know, to, to, to really think um, clearly and outside the box. And, and then they're doing it together. There's a collective effort. I think that, you know, that's what you need for innovation um, a lot of the time. You mentioned um, that through collaboration and actually that may lead to some innovation, there is an opportunity for, for groups, for people, for groups of people who suddenly, who have been discounted, underestimated, whose value who's, uh, has not been fully, if at all, recognized. Um, what, what is the impact of suddenly recognizing the value and the power of groups of people? You know, in your case, you know, uh, your passion lies with women, but any really group of people that has been historically undervalued, underappreciated, and disempowered. I think um, to the extent that those groups, people representing those groups, can come together and form a coalition in the aggregate, what is possible when it comes to changing the rest of the world's perception of value. You know, that is where I think it gets very exciting because, you know, operating in a vacuum when, you, you know, underrepresented groups, right, they're not acknowledged, they're undervalued, they're underrepresented, their voice, you know, by, by very virtue of that fact is, is diminished. The organizations that represent or that are advocating those groups, you know, that it's an uphill battle. It's not so easy. I think in the shifting, you know, shifting tides right now today, it, to the extent you're able to take those groups and bring them together and, you know, then in the aggregate, their voice is louder. You know, you're able to have a bigger stage, a louder voice. And, and if you just keep shouting, you know, eventually, that there is power in that. There is power to change the perception of the rest of the world. There's, there's power to, to have a shift in thinking of where we go to find value. You know, what is the good investment? You know, what, you know, what is worth it? And, and so, I mean, so much is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and so there's incredible power with being able to, to come together and find a common voice and make it heard. Let's talk concretely about force for and your plan to marry investment and board opportunities and just opportunities generally. What is the vision of this collaborative future? Uh, when you complete your work, what does complete look like? That's a great question. And obviously this is, um, you know, coming into being, you know, the bigger vision. I, I, think, I think a lot of it comes down to this, this idea of community capital. So, you know, any community, if they're gathered together around a common space, there is value that they can build together, that they can grow and that they can reinvest. You know, it's difficult, you know, to structure things, you know, find the right vehicle and, and, and have the economics of the community work out where it's able to, where it's sort of a, you know, a best case scenario for it to, you know, help itself grow and, and scale over time. But that is absolutely the vision. I mean, that, that is why the fourth floor primarily is an ecosystem. It's a new way to, it's a new type of community. 
uh, that has, you know, this bigger objective and that is functioning as an ecosystem that, you know, value is being put in, value is being taken out. But over time, it's generating this community capital that grows and grows and grows. So it's, it's powering it. That's the engine. So, you know, investment in the beginning, the angel investment is something that is is happening every day at the fourth floor that is you know that where members in a community make investments in other members in that community that then we are actively uh, planning for and building out ways to expand that investment activity where the fourth floor itself can have a fund that is then powering that that is another level of involvement that our community members can have and ways for them to get involved with this community capital that we're creating and building. And, you know, and then we have more and more plans over time to expand that in different ways that we can, you know, really extract the value from this community capital. I love the vision. It sounds amazing. Um, I guess I, I maybe on a slightly different note, um, we both have a, a shared history of being technology general, general counsel, and now both kind of having adventures on the business side. What is the big surprise in, in, as you have been making this transition uh, from being the general counsel of a tech company to, to leading one and impacting the future? I mean, certainly there are differences, but maybe the biggest surprise is how many similarities there are, honestly, because, you know, at least my experience as, as a general counsel for tech companies being the first legal hire and, and building out a legal function, it, it's, it's a, it's a very small kingdom, but you know, you're very autonomous, right? You're, you're, you're building it out, you're structuring it, you're, you're it's very um, holistic in terms of the vantage point for the organization overall. So you're, you're kind of the hub, you're the center, you're, you're thinking of strategic plays, and that's how you're, you're building out this function, and then you're, you're orchestrating it, you're executing on it. So I do think it was actually excellent training for, you know, this, this, voyage I'm, I'm on now, where all of a sudden, I mean, certainly the universe, you know, the kingdom is much larger, right? But, and, and it's a much more ambitious scope and scale. It's similarly creative. And I think you're trying to be the hub and, you know, and then orchestrate something outwards and being able to put yourself in context. You know, now the playing field's different. It's not one organization. It's, you know, it's this, this industry or this larger thing you're trying to tackle. But I guess, I guess that, you know, just off the cuff, that might be the biggest surprise to me. It's the, um, you know, just the similarities and the analogies that you can draw that has cross application. I, I, I'm with you. There's a lot more similarities than differences um, and, and definitely has been my experience as well. Bryn, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. As always, I, I learned so much from you um, and with you. Um, this, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, we should probably do it again. Yes. Um, thank you so much, Olga. I always really enjoy it myself. And thank you for letting me speak at such length about, you know, these topics that I, I care so passionately about. So thank yeah. you. I'm with you. Collaboration is definitely the future. Um, really finding old models that gotten some things right, but clearly had left a lot to imagination. Right. Uh, is an opportunity for adventuresome business professionals like yourself to have an impact and, and really change uh, this conversation and the world in the process.